You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Original Remake. Finally, both hosts are here today. Uh, I am Peter. If you are tuning in for the first time, we review movies where there's an original movie and a remake. Pretty simple. Uh, so joining me is the other half of the host of the show, Michael. Better half. That's the better half. Me. Yes, the, the better half. I, I apologize. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, it, it, it has been a while. Since we, we've both been on here, I know we recorded our 50th episode together. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But uh, It, It is uh, currently one of the most talked about movies currently. Never heard of it. Never heard of I'm It? Just, nope, it's a I'm weird title, gonna... right? How about Stephen King's yeah. It? You've heard that one? I have heard of that one, okay. yes. <laughs> I prefer that title. That's, I'm giving one point to the uh, the original here just for the longer title. Yeah, I'm not sure why they dropped the Stephen King part. I mean... I, I I feel like this is harder for people to kind of uh, to search, especially for like podcasts. You can't just type in it, you know. You, you, you get a lot have... of uh, who's on first type stuff here when exactly. you're referring to it in conversation. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess people can always just type in it 2017, but um, I'm not sure why they dropped the title. But for those that are listening in, obviously we'll be uh, kind of reviewing – well, not not so much reviewing. We're going to compare and discuss the uh, Stephen King's It, the miniseries from 1990 uh, with the recent release of It, the 2017 movie. Um, the, the original series or miniseries, just a, a brief summary here. Uh, it's about these um, these grown-ups. Uh, they are being called upon by a um, a childhood friend from what was the name of the Derry? Town? Derry, that's right. I, I wanted to say Derby. Uh, Just want to note, it's probably the worst friend too, because he he does not have good news for any of them. Not it's at all. all. No one seems to be happy to hear from him at all whatsoever. <laughs> Poor Mike. <laughs> Poor Mike. <laughs> so he's calling each of them, um, you know, one by one saying, hey, it has returned. And it being the, the clown Pennywise, they, and, and as each, each of them are introduced, we get a flashback to when they were kids, when, uh, each individual is being added to the team, the team of the, the, the quote unquote losers, as they call themselves. And, um, and Pennywise kind of torments them throughout the movie and we kind of go back and forth between 1990 and 1960 and uh, Pennywise is a clown who just kind of I mean a lot of kids go disappearing and Pennywise uh, I, I guess is believed to be the uh, the reason for all of this he is the uh, pretty much evil incarnate he is just he can be almost anything but I, I guess because a lot of people are scared of clowns and also because clowns are more childlike or they deal with childhood, that's what he looks like. Uh, we will find out uh, later that one of the kids uh, in particular has a fear of clowns, especially in the new film, uh, which gets rid of the adults. So there's no phone call from that bastard Mike to bring people back. They don't really use the flashback structure. Um, this plays it pretty much straight through. Uh, the only flashbacks you get here uh, are – I guess they're nightmares of things that may have happened to them in the past. Uh, in particular, the character of Mike here uh, had a tragic event, and so his nightmare is something that actually happened. Um, but this is uh, 
this is closer to Stand By Me if you really hated uh, Richard Dreyfus. If you don't want to hear his nonsense at the beginning, uh, we just we just follow the kids around for a two hour and fifteen minute movie. So I guess they're going to rival the Stephen King's It miniseries when they get the second part out here. The children here are played by uh, Jaden. I don't know how to spell your last name, so I'm just going to call you Midnight Special. Uh, I think that's what most people know him from. Okay, uh, doesn't have goggles, but he plays Bill, sort of the the leader of the pack here. Um, you have uh, Finn Wolfhard. Is that his real name? I think so. Yeah, Stranger Things. What yeah, a, yeah. a hell of a name! I mean, that's got to be a stage. They name. all have Wolfhard. a hell of a name. <laughs> uh, I would say the biggest uh, up and coming star, based on the response that I've read, is uh, Sophia Willis as Bev. Uh, she seems to be one people are raving about, and with good reason. She's she's fantastic here. And we have Jeremy Ray Taylor as Ben Chosen Jacobs, also a really cool name, as the uh, much maligned Mike from the previous version. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer as Eddie, and Wyatt Olaf as Stanley. So uh, you're going to recognize some of the kids. Uh, they're definitely playing off that sort of stranger thing success with one of the stars of that uh, getting, I guess, the most scene-stealing role is Richie, getting all of the funny moments. But uh, that's about it. The, I mean, Bill Skarsgård is Pennywise. Um, and let's just start off. Let's start off our review here. I, I'll, I won't start negative because it's mostly positive, I think, with the newer version. Okay. I think one of my biggest negatives is uh, Bill Skarsgård himself uh, doesn't get to play as much it, I guess, as Tim Curry because there's a lot of effects here. There's a lot of lot of CG and a lot of cool, crazy things they do with it. But I felt like some of the more effective moments in the film is when it's just him. It's just him in the clown suit without any sort of visual effect work. And watching uh, – I have to admit, I did not re-watch the miniseries yet. I just watched the first part because pretty much that's all the comparisons we can make because mm-hmm. we don't have a part two yet. And uh, Tim Curry, I mean, other than his uh, when his teeth get large, <laughs> he's pretty much just dressed up as a clown and just talks to the kids. So that that is my probably my major demerit for the the new. It. What did you, what did you think of Bill Skarsgård's performance here? Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I also did a uh, instant take on my other show, Podstalgic. Uh, and oh, here I we actually, go. I actually the promotion uh, already commented that <laughs> Sophia Lillis. I I enjoyed her quite a bit. Um, she does a lot with just uh, facial expressions. There's that scene where she's in the bathroom, and uh, it's very emotional. And you, and I I found it very powerful actually uh, with her acting. Um, now Stephen King's it. I did not grow up watching. Matter of fact, uh, I watched it about three weeks ago with my 17-year-old son, and we both found it kind of silly, creepy some parts. But you know what? Mike, this doesn't hold up. You know, people are like, oh, Pennywise is so scary. This movie is so scary. And I don't know if I was just disinterested because it's uh, three hours and ten minutes. But I did give it another watch recently, and I did like it more. And I wonder if it's because I actually watched it after it. Hmm. I Well, I I have to admit, I have the exact opposite um, history with the film. I really do not like the second part with the adults. So for this podcast, I count on my lucky stars. I'm like, oh, that doesn't apply here. I can just watch the first 90 minutes, which is just about the kids, and you just see the adults thinking about their childhood before they actually go back to dairy. But I uh, was introduced to this by a friend at a sleepover when I was like 10 years old, somewhere in that wow. time period. <laughs> so 
it for me, that original incarnation was awesome for 90 minutes because it is like, it's kind of like the perfect setting, like, you know, getting ready for Halloween, watching this with some of your buddies. And, you know, I, I was in the age group of the characters. So I did find it very effective. I personally find Tim Curry kind of scary anyway, just without any makeup. I just find it like, you know, you put him in home alone and mm-hmm. I still think he's kind of creepy. Oh, absolutely. Um, when you're lost in the city, face. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to run into that dude in a New York uh, hotel, no matter how fancy it is. So I think it still holds up. Now I will say the second half, I, even as a kid, I remember during that sleepover, uh, getting kind of bored with it and just didn't, it just did not work for me when the adults go back and when they're facing off against Tim Curry, who's kind of like pointing laughing. I feel like in the second part, he becomes far more goofy and comedic. And maybe it's just because you're seeing someone, him picking on someone his own size. I don't know. It just didn't work as much. So that's my biggest question for the second part. And I'm hoping this podcast, you know, is around long enough for whenever they make this, which I'm guessing they're going to try to fast track this because it's a huge sensation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would be interested to see how much I'm presuming better the second part will be than the second half of the original. But for me, it's a little bit more even because I do have fond memories of the first one. I just... I think the biggest difference here is not to pick on, you know, grown adults now, but the children of the original TV series are just not nearly as good. And I think the main reason is because you only get them in little, as I said, flashbacks. It's not really their story. It's still the adult story thinking back. So it's like they each have their one little moment, but the new it really makes them like, I I buy into their friendships. You mentioned that bathroom scene uh, with Bev, like her, like love triangle of sorts with uh, Bill and Ben. I, I found it's very cute. Uh, it's very effective. It's kind of, it's strangely touching at times. Uh, they're, they're sort of bond that they have. So the kids here are so much better than the original. As I said, I don't feel too bad because, you know, most of them are grown adults, but it's not that they're bad. It's just that they're given, it's their movie now as opposed to the adults in the original version. Yeah. Uh, clearly you like the bonding over the new kids on the block uh, music as well. I, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm, I probably was the right age for these kids. Uh, I'm probably a little bit younger than they are, I guess. And this is what, 89? 89. This is happening. Uh, yeah, I would have been seven. So yeah, I'm a little bit younger than what they are. Uh, I remember hating new kids on the block. So I found them being used as an embarrassing gag, something that Ben is ashamed of. I totally got that because I would have made fun of other seven year olds for liking new kids on the block. And I didn't because I love New Kids on the Block. I uh, enjoy their music, and I got all the jokes. Um, and here we are, now, hosting a podcast. I, what I didn't have was a poster, and I'm okay with that. So, But no, I just kind of uh, piggyback on some of the things that you said. Uh, um, you know, it's uh, In fairness, I completely agree with you that part one of Stephen King's It is the, is the better part. Um, the, the two times I watched the Stephen King's It, I did watch them in its entirety. So maybe that's why I feel like it doesn't hold up because like kind of what you said, part two, it is more of the grown up, uh, um, more of them as grown ups. And that's where I did find it really boring. I feel even the adults, the acting is it is really cheesy. It is a TV movie. I mean, um, Annette O'Toole is kind of silly at part. They all have pretty silly moments and, you know, you make a very good point that perhaps that is Pennywise picking on somebody his own size is, is not as scary. Um, we as adults now, I don't know, maybe, uh, the, 
the, the part two of the new version, maybe we will be able to put ourselves in their shoes. Maybe I mean, well, I guess we're not quite to forty yet, but the fact that um, it's kids in part one being tormented and um, and all that, I, I think that's why this new version really works. Um, and also. In comparison, watching part one of the original miniseries, I like how watching the new one, you get to see uh, all the violence and the gore. Maybe not so much gore, but anytime the in the miniseries there was a uh, cutaway, you know, like when uh, Georgie has his arm down uh, the, the you know the sewers, it cuts away. You want to see it? I, you want to see it? Exactly, because yeah. they talk about it, and then in the new movie they do it. So that's uh, I, I think okay for sure. I am glad that I did watch the original one more time after having seen the remake. Uh, so I kind of sandwiched it. Not something I do often on the show where I, I sandwich a, a, a watching. So I invested six. Eight, eight hours of watching it movies for the listeners here <laughs> <laughs> but but i got again i gotta admit the, the 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 part one miniseries was definitely a lot creepier the second time around and i was able to pick up some stuff um that was touched on in the remake so in the tv show they talked about um uh the little one is it eddie right the, the little kid eddie meets ben in the miniseries, right? They're down in the creek. They're waiting for Bill to go grab the inhaler, right, for, mm-hmm. for Eddie's asthma. During that time, while they're waiting for Bill to come back, Eddie's like, "Oh, this is this is uh, this is Bill's backstory. His brother's arm got ripped off by some guy." See, they talk about it, but then in the remake, they showed you, and they did that a few times actually. Where in the miniseries, it was talked about or alluded to, and then we actually get to see it in the remake. So um, that's why I think, uh, especially fans of the original series, enjoyed the remake as well because you got to finally see the things that you heard of, kind of like in Rogue One. Right, you're finally getting to see the things that were talked about in the like the prequel Star Wars movies, or I'm sorry, the original series. Yeah, I, I'm as a hater of Rogue One. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should touch on that uh, because I feel like some of that stuff I don't want to see or need to see. Yeah, um, there may be a little bit of that in it, um, only in the sense that it, it is relentless. Um, the horror here, I mean, they they give you the goods. I know this was only. I say only a $35 million film, which I guess is relatively low budget, uh, in particular for how much money it's made. But I, I didn't realize just how much it they were going to give you. This is the opposite of Jaws. You know, they're, they do not hide him in the slightest mm-hmm. and they don't really hide him in the miniseries, but, uh, it is more where it's the flashback structure. It's more one to one scares with the children. And here, uh, I think they do a more effective job of it being the whole town, like the whole place is evil, which if you've read any Stephen King books, he does revisit Derry uh, quite a bit, 112263, yep. which came out on Hulu last year. Um, I don't think in the miniseries, I don't know if they mention it being Derry or not, but in the books, because all of his books you know, exist in that Stephen King continuity, uh, he goes back to that town, and he actually – visits slightly the house that it resides in. Like he walks past it, the the James Franco character, which is really cool. But I don't feel like, you know, I'd forgotten rewatching the miniseries. Um, it doesn't really feel like the town itself is evil in the first part. Like the adults don't seem like 
they also sort of give in to their darker impulses. It just seems like they're unaware and ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't seem to know what's going on. And the, you have the main character, I believe it's Bill in the, the miniseries who, you know, mentioned something about as an adult, you like lose your uh, imagination. So you're not as susceptible to it because you can't conceive of such things. And they make a big deal about that in the flashbacks where it's like somehow they've totally forgotten about that. Those incidents, they've moved on <laughs> until poor Mike calls trying to recruit them for his fancy football league and they're like damn it mike now i'm remembering it uh but i felt like the new one does a better job of just making that whole place and its inhabitants feel like they are easily overcome with you know rage issues murderous impulses you get a scene with the bully character for instance which uh, is not um in the original like the bullies i think in the original are probably handled more effectively for the runtime because they just they're kind of just chasing the children throughout until they run into it and then are consumed. And you get that a little bit of that here with one of the characters running into the sewer, but you get a lot more of the bully and his home life with his dad and a very violent, I mean, if you, you know, if you're craving blood, Peter, that's what you get in this new one. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they give it to you. So I feel like this is like the best comparison I can make, even though the original is a miniseries because it was on TV. This feels like the Lord of the Rings extended edition. Okay. Where they fill in, I kind of I'm going to go with that because I prefer them to Rogue One. But I think I think you you're you have the right point that it, it feels like this movie fills in the gaps more. So you're getting a truer version, a screen version of the Stephen King book. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, did you like the fact that they added more to the bully, you know, backstory and even given them more to do? Uh, one of the other scenes, um, is actually in the example with the bully where they, um, in the miniseries, when they encounter Ben, see, I mentioned this on my review too. There's like three B names in here, Ben, Bill, Beverly, uh, probably it's poor more. writing. I yeah. don't know if that Stephen King guy's got a future because he's he's terrible. I don't think so. I've, I've kind of heard of him too, um, but no, they, they you know where they uh, cut Ben's stomach. You know they they cut away from the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't even think they even really cut him, but they add that in here. So yeah, he's just sort of threatened with a knife, I believe, and then yeah, and then he, he kind of like falls over down yeah. down the hill and stuff. So um, yeah, I really like what they did with the remake. They just kind of. You know, filled in the gaps, like you said, and I, I guess did, did some fan servicing. Uh, but they did change quite a bit as well, especially kind of towards the end, uh, in the third act. Also, uh, you know, you're the master of, uh, gifts and you recently sent me a couple actually with, with like captions <laughs> saying, you know, you'll float, they'll float. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about it, but in the miniseries, there's, there's no floating. There is just balloons that float. And in the remake, you get to see the kids floating uh, beneath, right? In the sewers where, uh, Pennywise inhabits. Hangs out. You know, that's his, his summer retreat. Every 27 years, that's where he's, he goes back to, you know, relax and consume the souls of children. Um, also, is it in the original, is it uh, Georgie that starts the floating thing? Doesn't he? Because he says it first and then it responds with like, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll float down here. Talking about his little boat. Um, it was either the boat or the balloon, but I think you're right. I think Georgie does ask him first. And so it's yeah. his fault. I, I, so that you're Georgie probably gave right. it the idea for all of this. Um, Much better encounter too, the Georgie and the Pennywise. In the original or in the remake? The, the remake. 
I would say that the encounter uh, ends in a child's arm being ripped off, and you know how I feel <laughs> about children. So yes, I want to give the, the point to the remake there. Um, can I can I bring up one? I think this is the only other thing that I dislike about the new one in comparison to the original. Um, I don't know how much I would have thought about it if I had not been privy to this in another form, but because Mike is our uh, the guy who really kicks the plot in motion in the original. He's the one that's still in the town and still kind of, it's still like he has not forgotten. It's still in his mind, that sort of thing. Like clearly he, he didn't want to escape and leave. He wanted to wait and finish their business. Um, where we don't have that narrative structure in the new one, I feel like Mike gets a little bit lost in the shuffle and that's strange. They actually remove his, um, research trait. And this one they give that to, to Ben. Uh, who in the the original miniseries is the architect. He's the one that helps build the the dam. That's like sort of a bonding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't really know if Mike has any traits here. He's got that tragic backstory, um, which they they allude to here. But yeah, what what is his skill set in this little RPG group? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's clearly defined in the newer one just yet. It's it's not. Um, he was very under news, underwritten. Uh, they, you know, he brings that that I don't know some some sort of gun that uh, you know puts down, you know the, uh, the the sheeps, which was also kind of brought up in eleven twenty two sixty three to kind of bring mm-hmm. that back. Um, yeah, they. I, I think that was it. It was to introduce that instrument, that that weapon. I don't know. That that's really all but- the character did. But also, I have to, you know, be fair. Where this is going to, this is just the first part. And as I said, a lot of Mike in the original is his adult character contact them. I'm wondering if he's going to play a far bigger role in the second one, and I hope so because he yeah. has a big role in the original film. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I would be curious to to kind of see who they cast in that role. Um, I keep hearing Chastain. Uh, for, for Mike. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, not for, I've, I've not heard anyone for Mike. Other than I think they did something really cool where the kids themselves, and we should I should probably look that up right now. The yeah, kids. I thought about that too. I mean, Jonathan Branches is probably the only one that you'll have to uh, recast. Um, everyone else oh, no, should no, still no, be was, around. No, uh, I was referring to uh, they asked the, the new actors, the new children, who they w- would want to play them as an older person. Oh, oh okay. Oh, that's interesting. Just to kind of uh, go back real quick, when we were talking about Pennywise, um, I think uh, initially after my review or after watching the remake, I thought that they um, kind of showed Pennywise just enough because I guess one of my criticisms about the, the miniseries was that I felt there was too much Tim Curry. Like I would find him creepy and then he would just be on the screen longer than he needed to be, kind of overstaying his welcome i guess and so when i watched the remake i was like hey that, that's good enough you know it wasn't too much pennywise but after reviewing it with uh with my buddy he was just like i didn't think there was enough and after letting it process a little bit i was like you know what i'm kind of agreeing with everybody that we could have used a lot more pennywise just because it was a different take i think with tim curry though i found him creepy at some you know some points he can get a little silly right it'll go from creepy to silly and i found myself maybe not wanting him as much but bill skarsgård's pennywise he is really creepy he is drooling probably salivating at you know his prey but i really like his encounter with georgie where it's so playful and he's like 
cotton candy, hot dogs, and... Popcorn? Popcorn! Is that your favorite? Uh-huh. Mine too! <laughs> because they pop. Pop, 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 pop. You know, like that whole deal. And then he just goes from 60 to zero and just gives him this dead eye. <laughs> like, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty scary. I have read, I was just trying to find this article and the director said that you're going to get more backstory and presumably more Bill Skarsgård of it. So his sort of formation and like an origin. Yeah. Uh, and also in that same article, uh, he has said that uh, Mike once again will be pivotal. Uh, as the adult bringing them back, uh, and they're going to do a darker version of the character because he is the one that stays behind, uh, that that's going to have some effect on him that clearly is not affecting the other characters, which would be an improvement because yeah. he seemed relatively normal in right. the film. He's just the one who picks up the phone. And yeah, if he's been obsessing over this for 27 years, uh, you know, there, there's going to be some quirks to him and there's going to be some darkness there. So I like that choice. Here are the children's picks for their uh, for their adult uh, representatives. So I'm just going to go in order of the the article. So for Mike, uh, Chosen Jacobs uh, selected Chadwick Boseman as his choice of who he would want to to play the older him. I like that. He looks, you know what? He looks like a really young Muhammad Ali. Chosen Jacobs. That's a good compliment, Dev. Yeah, Kentucky I was, man, right there. You know, I was watching I was watching the movie. I was like, he looks. It, it, is it me? Am I wrong? Do do you kind of see it or? No, I think he's got the sort of the, the facial structure there. The hair uh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Much better than Will Smith. Uh, so, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Will Smith and his, uh, his love of accents. Uh, concussion being Oscar worthy performance mm. there. Uh, Sophia Lillis has selected Jessica Chastain, which I think probably is the most likely because the director worked with her and Mama before his previous horror film. So, mm-hmm. um, let's see. She does uh, look a lot like Amy Adams though. I think either way we win there. Mm-hmm. Chastain or Amy Adams are, they're great, uh, actresses. So, uh, Jack Dylan Glazer, who plays Eddie, um, I think, I think he's giving himself the biggest pat on the pack. Okay. I selected Jake Gyllenhaal to play. I could kind of see that, but you're right. Looks yeah. wise, I could see it, but yeah, that's, that's, that is not how the original film portrayed Eddie all, but that's, I mean, yet again, great actor. And, yeah. you know, you could see him, I could see him doing something really effective. You know, if he's in nightcrawler mode, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't necessarily have to be the heartthrob. So it's you like, know yeah, he could be. I actually thought Jake Gyllenhaal for, uh, uh, what's the Rozier kid? The what kid? Rozier, isn't that his last name? The Rozier kid. Uh, I, I forget his first name. The one with the glasses from uh, Stranger Things. Oh, um, uh, Tozier, Richie Tozier. Richie Tozier. Okay, Tozier. Yes. Uh, I might think I might be thinking of the uh, Boston Celtics player Ro- Ro- Rozier. Rose. Hey, Rozier. Yeah. yeah like him too. You just keep uh, referencing uh, Kentucky <laughs> athletes. I love this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I was thinking well, after the movie, after watching the remake, I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal. I wonder, you know, because I was like trying to think people late thirties, uh, early forties for that age, and Jake Gyllenhaal did uh, pop up, so that's funny. Um, and you know what? I didn't know they were going to do a part two until it flashed up on the um, – Oh, really? Cool. At the very end. So I well, had they, they no idea. I mean they've not started filming it, which is totally against how you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe having seven movies planned on the line. Uh, I'm betting they wish they had those contracts signed though 
since mm-hmm. it made a oh, trillion dollars this weekend. So, uh, Wyatt Olaf, who plays Stanley, um, he selected Joseph Gordon Levitt. I, I think he might be too young, but that also crossed my mind for someone. They're picking good actors. They I really mean, they're, are, yeah, they're but picking... I feel that's a lot of money there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And, uh, Mr. Midnight Special, um, he is picking Christian Bale. That's your lead. Interesting. Okay. Much older than everybody else. So Christian Bale and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt reunite. And the one uh, that they've not listed, but I'm seeing somewhere else. Um, Okay, so Ben. Yeah. uh, Ben, the actor, picked Chris Pratt to play the adult Ben. And the adult Richie, this is my favorite pick. Mr. Finn Wolfhard selected Bill Hader, a favorite of mine. Love it. I love. I that. would love to see that. That's uh, great. He's got the comedy. <laughs> he, he can do the darkness. That would be great. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, I I even thought Chris Pratt for Ben just because how he used to be hefty and because that that was my thing. I go for whoever plays Ben, he's going to be in great shape now because that's what a lot of people do when they were you know heavy when they were as a kid. A lot of them do get into shape. Uh, so I I thought that would. Be something like that. Having it's gonna cost some that, money. Yeah, it's just way too much money for a lot of these people. But very good actors. Bill Hader. Bill Hader, maybe not so much. Bill Hader is Bill probably Hader. the best and lo- most likely. Well, uh, him and Chastain in a film together, I, I, my heart wouldn't be able to take it. Yeah, I, I, that would be it for me. So yeah, they, these kids uh, not only great actors, but uh, they have incredible taste. And mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, yeah, they've really sent the bill to uh, New Line here. You know, um, now just kind of going off of looks, uh, just to kind of go back to Mike real quick. Um, I like, I, I love Chadwick Boseman. Uh, if for me, I was trying to think of black actors that would look more like the young Mike. And I don't know how you would feel about this. I mean, I don't think it's like extremely sexy, but depending how they go with the adult Mike's character in part two, but what do you think of, um, Terrence Howard. I've always liked him as an actor because um, I think he does kind of quirky things. Uh, the only thing I've ever read about him is that, like, you know, he I hated they lost the the role of War Machine because he wanted more money. Yeah, but like Marvel doesn't have it to spend. <laughs> I mean, at this point, um, I would like to see it because I, I think that he could do. He he's just an interesting guy. Like he's, you know, he I think he would fit with he would fit with some what the other actors are doing. Nothing against Chadwick Boseman. Actually, the thing that I dislike about uh Bozeman is that he's typecast in all these like biopics. He's always playing mm-hmm. famous, you know, you know, uh he did what James Brown, Jackie Robinson, and I think he's got another one coming up too. Where he's a uh, lawyer, right? He's some kind of Yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw I just, the trailer. I, that was, it looks pretty good. And kind of kind of over him being in like historical dramas, but yeah, so that that would I'm I'm basically wanting to keep him, Peter, because I, I want to give him something different to do. Yeah. And there you are trying Fair to take enough. it away from him yet again. <laughs> no, you need to play in the Stephen King's uh, update. <laughs> uh, but but Terrence Howard, he was in that TV show. I forget the title, but it also had uh, Matt Dillon in it. You know, it was supposed to be like really creepy and stuff too. It was a it was a television show, something behind the pines, or no, that might be the movie title. Oh yeah, it was based on a uh, book series, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Didn't watch it though. Yeah, neither did I. But I was just kind of thinking back to that. That you know, he can probably play creepy, and everyone kind of knows that he's a, a bit of a, a jerk too. Um, but no, that that's a, a pretty good list from those people. I would like to see like Hollywood's short list though, 
you know. Um, but, uh, and also I would prefer, you know, I mean, aside from Chastain, cause I, I, I think she's great. Um, obviously I- any, uh, woman in Hollywood are lesser than Jessica Chastain. I agree. <laughs> no, that wasn't quite what I was going with, but, um, I, I was trying to strip her away from, uh, of, of her status as like being Jessica Chastain, you know, and not just trying to go for a, a lesser known. I think with Jessica Chastain, aside from Jessica Chastain, I think a lot of the other men could be lesser knowns just because I think it would take away from Beverly, who, uh, from what we've seen in part one thus far, was a very strong character. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see going more the Bill Hader route. Uh, people that are recognizable in our names, but, you know, you, you start, you throw in Chris Pratt and Christian Bale, uh, you're throwing it, I mean, you know, you're throwing in Batman and then Star Lord into this and it's becoming, it's becoming very Ocean's Eleven and right, it exactly. may be a bit too distracting. Um, what do you think of like, um, uh, who's that Patton, uh, comedian for Ben? Pat knows what him, yeah. He's very good. He's very good, but he's probably just about as tall. He may even be slightly shorter than Ben is. As, as a kid, <laughs> you, you're probably right. Hmm. Maybe he, he should yeah, play the next penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is this is something that's like you know it's kind of the kids have kind of ruined the the end of our episodes where we try to recast because it's like they're already they, doing they it. They kind of. Yeah, they already kind of did like a, you know, they did the all-star version of it. Uh, for me personally, you know, I, I would, I really want to see Jessica Chastain because I like when filmmakers work, uh, with actors before, like, and have that partnership. And I think it, you know, she's done horror with this guy before. So I think it works. I'm not going to lose too much sleep with Amy Adams. Um, but I, I think you make a good point. I think she's probably the one that you do get the movie star for, uh, because Bev is, Bev is sort of the standout. And probably, probably Finn, probably, probably his version of Richie. I think at least with the audience I saw it with, they really, really, uh, like laughed at every one of his lines. They were totally yeah. like in love with that character. So maybe those are the two you highlight. Um, I don't know. Mike, Mike could be a chance based on what they're saying. Mike could be one where you could maybe get, uh, a big star. Cause if it's going to be kind of through him, mm-hmm. then maybe that's, you know, you get a big face for that one too. So I don't know. We'll see. But, um, yeah, is there anything anything else? I know we've probably not done an exhaustive Stephen King comparison here, but there are going to be, I don't know, a few podcasts that do that, maybe. Maybe there are a few that talk about Stephen King. I don't know, this no-name author. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, there's not much to say other than this is, like, a really effective is crowd it, pleaser. Is it pronounced Stephen? I thought it was, like, Stephen King. Stephen King? Yeah. Like it's Richard Bachman. Steph- How about Steph- that? Curry. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I was I was totally satisfied. It was a really fun. I want to see it again because it was really fun to see. It was like I a sold too. out crowd. Yeah, uh, Friday night. And uh, if I was a better podcaster, I would have gotten around to see it uh, before this recording. But yeah, just my my initial thoughts, and I guess your second thoughts with a few days. To think about it. I mean, you're the one that went back and watched the original. My God, so you're you're dedicated to this. Well, the the, the reason I watched it twice. I mean, again. The, my first viewing of the original It, I, I feel like I wasn't really giving it a fair watch because, I mean, I was kind of checking the phone because I'm like, this is boring as hell. You know, it's <laughs> a lot of talking and the adults were very uninteresting. Um, even John Ritter wasn't really doing much for me. And I thought the adult Terry, no, was the Tozier kid's name again? I, See, that's the one kid I Richie. always... Richie. Why does it not sound right? Richie, the grown-up version of him, I can I can do without. He was actually... 
I thought he was he was a a bit much. Not as not as good as the um Seth Seth Green character. Um Who also never has gotten any taller than that. I was like, my God, he was actually the tallest member of that crew. Yeah, that is so weird. <laughs> he kinda Benjamin buttoned in that role, huh? I didn't recognize him initially because I just know him as the shortest guy on screen and there he was, like Abdul Jabbar over all these other kids just towering over them. I feel okay, so recently I just did um can't buy me love and i think that's like 86 so just in a four years he actually kind of got tall but then it hasn't you know gotten any taller since then <laughs> curse of being a child actor they just, I guess they just so. stay small yeah i mean that's that's how they earn their living it's instinct gotta stay small so yeah uh so just just to wrap it up would you say that uh, the remake is pretty i don't know i guess honored the the miniseries like it did it justice as far as the remake goes yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like a feature film version. You you see the money on the screen. Uh, they were able to do more with this the scares. Um, it's similar. I, I think the only thing that's surprising is the length of the film, given that we don't flash back and forth to the uh, the adults. You know, there there might be some pacing issues, but there's so many scares in this that you have to have some time to breathe. And some of the moments I really liked were like I, I like the the developing. Uh, crush that all of the the guys have on Bev, like those moments. The moments where it is not like stalking them mm-hmm. were really nice, and that would that would be it. I, but I, yeah, I think it's like you know they kind of exist as two separate things. You know the the nostalgic the sort of TV version from ninety, and I, I don't think it like I don't think the film looks at that as like a piece of crap that needed to be fixed. It's just like right. hey, we're just gonna do a movie version of it, yeah, an R-rated movie version where we're allowed to do more stuff. And they have a they have a very different version of it, uh, but it's it's cool. This is what we, you and I always talk about when you're gonna do a remake. You know, this is I don't want to say it's a perfect film, but it's almost the perfect remake in that um, it doesn't really stray far away from people's memories as far as the source material, what they loved about it. But they're able to do a little bit more, and their version of the monster is slightly different. You know, they put their own spin on it, so it's a lot of fun. I think you could watch both of them in the same week and be like, they both have their merits. Yeah, they're both both entertaining little scary movies. I will not say that about part two for either one, because this one's not out yet. The new one, and then the old one is pretty bad, pretty bad. Yeah, the um, yeah, you're right. It is definitely a feature film version of the miniseries. A couple of the changes I did appreciate that uh, the fact that. The, the relationship between Georgie and Bill, I, I did like that a little bit better as Bill being more of a loving older brother. Um, you know, as, you know, Jonathan Brandis, his version, he was just really annoyed and it seemed like Georgie was kind of a pest to him. Um, yeah. but also I like how there are, there are ready friends in the remake rather than having to kind of introduce groups little Every by little. Them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, so I think that will go ahead and uh, wrap up our review of the It movies and its comparisons. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, you know, if you guys have any other thoughts, anything that we said uh, you think is wrong, um, you can find us on Twitter at Original Remake and tell us there. Uh, Mike, where can listeners find you and uh, the other shows that you do? You, you do now have a, uh, what, two Two more. Uh, I, have a, I have a network, a network of myself. Is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I launched two other shows. One's called Projecting Film, which if you've listened for, it's similar. It's like a shorter version of my old show, War Machine vs. War Horse, uh, where a new independent film that you probably have not heard of, uh, we try to pitch it to our audience, uh, our listeners, of which there are very few at this moment, as it just launched, uh, with me and my co-hosts each picking an older film 
and trying to see if that mashup makes sense for, for the new film. So that's been fun to do. It's at projecting film. It's on Podbean like this on followingfilms.com. And then there's the grand gesture, which is a, a romantic film podcast I've launched with Dave, a pop culture case study. Uh, where we look at how films use the tropes of romantic comedies, the meet cute, the breakup, and the grand romantic gesture. Um, and it's also on Podbean and followingfilms.com at Grand Gesture Pod on all social media. Mark has played. Mark has played. There's also a new show that's uh, launching. I've yet to upload the first episode. Uh, that was not Peter suggesting that you just mark has played the previous two podcasts that <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> mentioned because that would be very cruel. Yes, it would be. Uh, yeah, for me, you can find me uh, at Podstalgic on Twitter and Instagram. I do uh, another movie podcast where I kind of review movies that we all grew up watching. And, you know, also I do some new releases that interest me. With uh, this example, I did a, you know, kind of a brief instant take on it immediately right after the movie. Um, so check that out if you want. Um, I, I think I get into the remake just a little bit more because I was trying to uh, save some of the comparisons for this particular uh, episode. Uh, I think that'll do it for us. If you ever, if you have more thoughts on comparing the two movies, you can always email us that as well and we'll read it on the show. Uh, that's originalremakepod at gmail.com. Uh, so I think that'll do it for us. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for listening and your continued support. Uh, this isn't something we ask for often, but if you've listened to the show and you really enjoy it, please consider leaving an iTunes review. Uh, that'll help out the visibility and support your uh, independent podcasters. So that'll do it. I'm Peter and... And that's I'm Mike. Mike. Yep. We'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs> Mike had already tapped out. <laughs> <laughs>